0: Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes and this is Tim Kittsrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka You wanted to come with it, We got it with punishment. Nuggets
1: is covered with a fucking hand of what we cover with. Others in love with the front and this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in.
2: going on everybody happy monday night here on the bench mob brought to you by the 48 minutes basketball network we are without sean Mackey tonight as he uh is too tired from watching stranger things all night um
1: hey i can't blame i that. understand that was... I, t- I understand, <laughs> understand. bro <laughs> yeah.
2: dude so uh. between that and obi-wan kenobi coming out the same week like my tv time has been way more i think in the last 10 years than like ever in my life i'm pretty sure mm-hmm yeah, yeah, I like rewatched the first three episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi because I was like, this is just too good.
1: Mm. <laughs> I, love I haven't it. got, so got the, I haven't got, I haven't got a chance to start Obi Wan yet.
2: Well, so they're already halfway through because they're only doing six episodes. So like, yeah. you might, you might as well if you if you're really good at avoiding Twitter spoilers, which is a skill set I've learned somehow. Yeah. If you want to wait six weeks and just knock it out, just don't look. Just don't search hashtag Obi Wan. And
1: you'll be okay good. hold yeah. on how long are the episodes
2: only like 45 minutes
1: okay good because them stranger thing episodes this past season i was like dude i can't do hour, yeah, and, episodes. hour and a half
2: <laughs> yeah this the finale is an hour 47 and then yeah. when it comes back on july i think they're doing like long, long ones again too Yep. yeah but i'm excited i can't wait but we're here to talk about some nba basketball i am tim daniel here as always with My good friend, my man, one hundred grand trap money, Benny himself, Mister Ben Brown. Trap money,
0: Benny.
1: What's good? What's good? What's going on? Uh, I'm glad we are back in the house, talking a little NBA action, a little NBA finals, um, and super excited to talk about some of this news going on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then also, Ben has to do this next introduction because that would be disrespectful. Absolutely.
1: My man, my brother, my ace, Buku, my number one, Joshua, Odellis, Forellis, Montellis, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother?
0: I'm starting to think me and Dikembe Mutombo are trying to figure out who's about to have the longest (laughs) name.
1: Absolutely. Not in my house. Not in my house. The
2: greatest Geico (laughs) commercial of all time.
1: That Geico commercial is legit. No, no, no. When he
2: smacks <laughs> the cereal box at the end, I know it's coming, but I'm still like cracking up laughing
1: every time. Every Never time. fails.
2: Yeah, it's it's great marketing. That between that and the um Progressive don't become your parents commercials like
1: Yeah. Yeah, insurance
2: insurance companies got it on point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Guys, we are currently at one game to one in this NBA Finals as the Warriors take game 2. Uh really really impressive showing. Um obviously uh, another nice Steph Curry game. Um which Curry really played really well the first half of game 1 obviously. Um So I think he's really he's coming for that Finals MVP this year. He's not going to let someone take it from him it seems like as long as the Warriors win, of course. But Really been an entertaining series so far. Um, you're getting a lot of really good play out of the Celtics role players. Obviously, on uh, Al Horford had that great game one, uh, which led to the meme of the X-ray with the dog in there saying he's got some dog in him. Um, Thought that was pretty funny. Derek White obviously having a huge game one. Really kind of taken back by how much Jason Tatum has struggled. I know it's his first Finals, but you know really rough shooting game game one kind of saw last night that the Warriors were able to take advantage of or he was struggling in game two. But overall, a fun series, really probably. I mean, the best two teams besides Phoenix, obviously, with how everything happened there. But what do you guys kind of take away from the series so far, and what are your thoughts on everything?
1: Um, I'm going to say this. I, I think that uh, the, the difference between – um, the Golden State Warriors' energy from game one to game two was incredible, um, and it all starts with Draymond. I mean, it, it, that's 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 the you know that's the kicker. You know what I mean? Like Draymond, it, it, we and we've talked about this a thousand times. It's not even about him making shots. It's not about him doing. Uh, it's just his energy. The way he plays, the way he sets screens, the way he sets the offense, the way he rebounds, the way he starts their offense. Everything is predicated on the way that Draymond Green plays and the energy he plays at. Um, I think that first game, um, the Celtics got hot and Golden State didn't respond in a Golden State-like manner. Um, they, they didn't hit shots when they needed to, they didn't have the same energy. It was almost kind of like, they were shocked that the Celtics made a run and they couldn't respond to the run. So then they were like, oh, well crap, we can't even respond. Like it, it's almost like they were like, oh, 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 like they got punched, you know? And they're like, Ooh, Ooh, like, and then it was like the game two. Like, mm, I like the taste of my own blood. Let's go. Let's not let's get it. So then at that game two, that was the Warriors you're going to see the rest of the series, now it's time for the Celtics to kind of step up and say, okay, well, they're going to have that energy, then we need to have that energy. Now, going to Boston, that's the energy that the Celtics know that they're going to have to match. Um, You know, Of course, you're going to have to have better play out of Smart, who only had two points. You're going to have to have better play out of uh, Horford. He only had two points. Robert Williams only had two points. Jason Tatum didn't shoot the ball well. Jalen Brown had a decent game, but not great. Um, so all of those guys and all of those role players for Boston have to play well in order for them to have a chance. You saw in game one, uh, Pritchard hit a big three, uh, uh, Williams hit a big three, Horford was hitting threes. All of those guys, Marcus Smart was hitting threes. Like all those guys played a role in that run in the first game that they were non-existent in the second game. And then of course, um, The role players for Golden State, Jordan Poole, you know, hitting a, you know, a 38 foot three to end the third. I mean, like you could just see the wind just taken out of their sails after Steph Curry got hot in third and and they started making their runs. So um, it's been a game of runs. It's been a game of of, of big stops by the Celtics. Uh, The Golden State took a punch in the mouth in their home court. But now we're going to see if Boston can take that their punch and take it to Boston and play with energy that they'll need to play and their role players be able to step
0: up. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to use both games so far and I'm going to throw some numbers out there to you guys. Um, because obviously if you look at the last game, game one, and then you look at game two, um, they kind of played out the same way as a, as golden state went on runs in the third quarter. So um, in the third quarter of the first game, I want to say Golden State went into the fourth quarter up 12. Does that sound right? And and then Boston had um, like a just a crazy fourth quarter. So in that fourth quarter, Marcus Smart, I'm sorry, Derek White, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown were all plus 27 in the fourth quarter and a plus mm. minus. Um, in the fourth quarter, Al Horford was plus nineteen, Marcus Smart was plus nine, um, and Peyton Pritchard was plus eighteen. So, if you don't remember how they they started off that quarter, I think eight for eight three pointers. I mean, mm-hmm. just everybody was just lighting up the gym. I mean, I actually thought Golden State was wearing shamrock uniforms there for a second at home, like that's how crazy it was. But the the interesting number to me was is this going into the fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors, Curry was a plus eleven. Um Draymond was a plus eighteen. Kevin Looney was plus eighteen, Clay was plus seventeen, and Wiggins was a plus uh, let's see, eighteen. So, if if you're going off of that, at this point, you're pretty much saying game over with, correct? Like, these Mm -hmm. guys are going in plus minus. Here's what I noticed. Curry was lights out in the first quarter, didn't play that great in the second quarter, lights out in the third quarter. That run started with Steph Curry on the bench. So, if you look at the end of the third quarter, I want to say Golden State was up 15 or something like that. Boston kind of dug it down to 12, and then they went on that run in the fourth quarter. And we keep talking about how games are, are are won and lost on runs. If you're Golden State and you're Steve Kerr, and I understand, like, you have moments where, like, your guys are supposed to get rest and da-da-da-da-da. I was thinking to myself the whole time, like, why did you ever put Steph Curry on the bench? Like why was there a reason that you set him at the beginning of the fourth up 12 with the, with the ability to put the game out of reach at that moment you set him. And I think he sat for like the first four minutes or something like that. Boston was on a nine, nothing run by the time Curry got back in the game. They didn't they Couldn't stop the bleeding at that point. Like, I don't know if you get him in earlier or whatnot, but like, I noticed that like that run happened with him on the bench and there was nothing that golden state could do at that point. If you, Fast forward to game two, they threw the knockout punch in the third quarter and the game was done and over with. Curry Mm -hmm. didn't play the fourth quarter. And I kind of feel like other than that little bitty run in the fourth quarter, the whole rest of the series, Golden State's been the better team. Minus eight minutes, seven minutes or six minutes or whatever it was in that fourth quarter that they went on that run. So you imagine taking that little bitty run that Boston went on and you have Curry on the floor, like, I'm wondering, does that run happen with Curry out there? Does Curry hit some shots that stops the bleeding, or was Boston just bound to make that run regardless? Because if you go Hmm. back to the Miami series, I mean, every game that was in that series, like, at some point, a team went on, like, a 25 – they had a 25-point lead in that series, and that's kind of how I felt in this series so far as like, Boston – was like going to run away with it and have that big lead. But then in the second game, Golden State did the exact same thing. So I'm starting to wonder, like, is this going to be the same way that the last series was? Are we just going to see a bunch of these runs and that's going to determine the games, you know, moving forward?
2: Yeah, it's very possible. I think it's especially the way these teams are so uniquely matched. Um, I think that's what kind of makes it pretty funny. It's just how like they line up against each other because it's like, what the Warriors do well, Boston does. When Boston does well, Golden State doesn't. And I think that makes it a lot of fun. Um, you know, I did, you know, you mentioned Tatum, obviously kind of having a weird shooting day in game two where he, like, from the floor overall, he wasn't very good, but he was, like, six of nine from three. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it was just, like, it's, that was kind of a unique uh, situation there. But I kind of felt like, and like Josh kind of said, to kind of piggyback off that, you know, You saw what Draymond said after in the press after game one when he's like paraphrasing in a roundabout way. I said that, like, if that's what it's going to take for Boston to beat them, is Derek White and Al Horford have games like that, they feel okay. And I totally agree with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought, and we kind of saw that last night. And that's not to say, you know, White and Horford are bad players by any means. Um, But you know, obviously they've got two games in Boston here to kind of make something happen. I think this is a really unique series. I think this is potentially going to go seven. Um, but I just think that the fact that literally like no one on the Celtics had played in a NBA finals before and yeah. Golden state, you know, has played in quite their first year <laughs> loaded, <of them. laughs>
1: loaded with experience. <laughs> yeah, Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, but I did find one thing really funny, uh, G.L.K. Kyle Brandon sent this to me uh the other day after game 1 where there were you know there was a whole Max Kellerman thing where he's like life you know game on the line life on the line you know I'll take Andre Iguodala Boston was like playing way off him at the top of the <laughs> <team. laughs> key like, us too we would also take yeah. Iguodala <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs>
0: Yeah, but listen. To, this is how crazy this is how crazy the swing was. So in game one, Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard, uh, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Derek White combined eighty one points in game one. Mm. <laughs> game wow. two. Game two. Those four. Those same uh, four players or five players combined for twenty two points.
2: Look at Josh coming with the stats tonight.
0: Look at Think it. Think about that. Oh, yeah, you're all, you, yeah, that's crazy.
2: got it. He was like, I'm ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Remember,
2: you're damn right on <laughs> me. <mean>, that's, <laughs> a,
0: that's a 60-point swing in just yeah. the five guys that, you know, like you expect, you know, you know that Tatum and Brown are going to get theirs. Um, but, you know, Horford had 26. This game he had two. Marcus Smart had 20-something. He had two. Um, Derek White had 21, he only, had 12. like, that's, it's just nuts to see, like, was it gold? Did Golden State have a different game plan that worked or did it just come down to them just not being able to hit shots?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's that's the tough one. That's Cause like point. we all, like we've all said, is there another game in the series where those guys are going to hit that many shots? In order to close out a game, I, my money is on Golden State to hit more shots than Boston. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, which team has Steph Curry? Okay, all right, cool. Good uh,
1: right, yeah. right, exactly.
2: Yeah, so. I, I think Golden State wins the series. Um, I just, I, you know, I think uh, just coming back down to the fact that they've played in so many of these,
1: mm-hmm. and like,
2: Jason Tatum is gonna win an NBA championship. He's gonna win an MVP. Like, he is that mm-hmm. good. Um, but this is just, you know, you're playing a whole other animal here. This isn't, you know, I think Boston would have beat Phoenix in the finals. I think they probably would have really beat any other team in the West,
0: but Boston's one of those teams, man. They're just built. They're built to play defense. Right. Uh, They're, they're very like them in Miami. were very similar. Like they got guys that can switch everywhere. You know, they got versatile defenders. Um, they, they have the ability. They got, I think people don't really, you're right. I don't think people realize how good Jason Tatum really is. Um, and I also don't think people realize how good Jalen Brown really is. Yeah,
2: I agree.
1: Yeah. But I do think though, I, I agree with you, Tim. I do think golden state wins the series, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like Marcus smart. I like Tatum. I like Brown. Um, they just, I, I just think they're missing just one more piece. They're, they're one piece short to me.
2: So apparently they the had teams... that
1: piece in game one. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was called Lady Luck. I don't think they, can, I don't think, they, I don't think those guys are going to hit those shots again like, like that consecutively like they did in game one. Now, I do think they'll win another game in the series. Um, uh, but I, 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 I think Gold
0: State will, will win out. So you're calling um, six? You're calling it in six, Ben? Yeah. He's
2: already called. He yeah. already called the Warriors to win the championship in September. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just gonna roll. With I mean, him. I, do you, with I do remember you. Calling- <laughs> I do
0: remember you calling. I do remember you calling the series in three, though, Tim. So. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I've still been trying yeah. to figure out the math on that one. <laughs>
2: it's um, Steph Curry is the man, and uh, the Boston Celtics are the Boston Celtics. So. Yeah. I really uh, hate the fact that this roster is the Celtics, because if this roster was like the freaking Toronto Raptors, I'd be like, man, I love this team. They're great. Yeah. They're fun. But I'm like, you guys were that stupid, ugly green and white. And you play in that <laughs> shithole arena that everyone says is haunted. And like, like, if Larry Bird, like, I love Larry Bird. He's like my one Celtic where I'm like, got nothing bad to say. You know, you're the guy. Like, Tatum, <laughs> Tatum's going to be an incredible NBA player for a long time. Can't pull for him as long as he's playing for the Celtics. Man, you'll, you'll get
0: it. this. I don't think, obviously, the people listening and watching won't get this. But uh, that missing piece might be, Ho oh, Mr. IT himself, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> you, kids kids <laughs> you kids just don't know. <laughs> so, oh, no, so you kids just
1: don't
0: know. You Hold on. I forgot to send you
1: guys one about that, too, really quick. I forgot <laughs> to send you guys one because he busted one out. I saw on TikTok the other day. You kids – just don't understand how good Akeem Olajuwon was. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, you don't think a, you don't think kids know how good Akeem Olajuwon was? Like, nah, now you're stretching a little bit, Chris Bassard. Now you're stretching just a hair.
0: So two things. I, I, I mean, I I definitely understand him doing the George Gervin one. Like that one makes sense yeah. because, like, yeah, absolutely. George Gervin played in the '70s and '80s absolutely you know, I mean, he was even a little bit too too um, you know, back there too much for us when we were younger. So, mm-hmm. you know, we saw a lot of video and stuff. so I get that one, but like come on, man. It came. Yeah, I'm like you
1: know, I you know, I don't know. Yeah, that that yeah. one was a stretch for me.
2: So, um two things by the point. Out. One, that's hilarious. Because that's you
0: know, <laughs> that's really funny. Um <laughs> Two. shout out Chris broussard
2: Yeah, also like the fact that like kids now have two K where you can put these like classic legendary teams. Like you guys yeah. have young you guys have teenage boys. How many of them have played 2K been like dad? Like I didn't realize really like playing with Magic Johnson, like I knew he was good because I heard about <laughs> him, but like
0: Hey, you know? it's funny you say that. <laughs> it's funny you say that, Tim, because the other night I was sitting in the room with Maximus and he was playing um 2K and I, I don't remember who he was playing with, but like his team was made up of just a bunch of guys, and he was going for like some record. But he was playing the Boston Celtics, but he was playing the Boston Celtics with like Havlicek and like Bill Russell and Kuzi and like Jones and i like say. And I was like trying to explain to him who these guys are. He's like, Dad, who's who's this Jones guy? I was like, Oh, it's Sam Jones. Like he played back in the '60s. And I'm like, <laughs> He has no clue what I'm talking about right now. No.
2: No kids have so much like a way to like learn about stuff. But um you kind of mentioned about like how the Warriors kind of always have an answer. So I saw on social media a lot of people are like, why aren't they switching and giving Curry situations? And gotta give Kevin O'Connor some shout-outs here. Since the 2008 17 18 season with a minimum of 150 isolation possessions, Steph Curry is the leading scorer in isolation. So when the Celtics switch and they give Steph Curry an ISO. They're trying to avoid that, and it's not working. He's still getting buckets. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. One point two nine points per isolation.
1: I was going to say, I would think that that would be your worst nightmare to be isolated with Steph Curry, because because he is. I mean, I wouldn't say underrated handles, but he gets to where he wants on the floor. No, like I,
0: I, I'm, a, I'm 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 going to tell know. you right now. Like, it actually bothers me. There, there are people out there that I'm watching on Facebook and Twitter, like they're just bashing Curry, saying that he sucks and he's not that good and he's overrated. I'm like, what guy are you guys watching on the floor? Right. Like, right. like wow. every like they're like, oh, it's luck or like all he can do is shoot. I was like, have, have you not? Have you guys not seen him get himself to the basket? It might, yeah. Like his handles might not be as flashy as like a, let's say a Kyrie or, like, even a Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul pulls some moves out here and there, but, like, his handles are effective. Like, his handles are made for him to get places. He gets to his spot, and he gets the shots that he wants to get off. And I'm like, he's going in there with the trees and and getting and ones, and he's shooting floaters and fadeaways and step backs. And I'm like, this guy's not just going out there shooting three-pointers, man. I'm like, he's going into the paint with the big guys, and he's, like, going to the rack, and he's like, stop me.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a bad, yeah, that, bad yeah, that's for sure. yeah. He's a bad dude, no doubt about it. Yeah, all
2: right, guys. So, we've talked about the finals, obviously. Other stuff going on around the league. You guys want to talk Jazz or Lakers first? Jazz. Okay, all right. So, it comes out yesterday, right before Game Two, uh, Quinn Snyder announces that he's stepping down from the from the head coaching position with Utah. Uh, Sight said he feels like it's time for a new voice. Shortly after it comes out that Donovan Mitchell is unsettled with the direction of the franchise. Uh, you know, the one that's about to pay him 30 plus million a year for the next three years. Uh, also, while hey, what, are they pay, what are they paying Rudy
1: Gobert? That's what I want to know. Oh this, boy. This, this, this is incredible.
2: Oh boy. Let me pull that. Yeah. Back I always felt just that just so I always I, I can read I, this off.
1: Uh, you got to hear was, this, Josh. Hold on. You got, you, you, you got to hear this. this. This is incredible.
2: So, th- so this year Rudy Gobert made 35.3 million. Next year, 38.1, 24 season, 41, 25 season, 43.8, 26 season, the last year of his deal, he'll be 33, a 33-year-old 7-footer, mind you, 46.6 million in his final year of his contract.
0: He's on that John Wall plan. Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: And then to add on to that, Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, I obviously really like a lot. So I'm not here to dog mm-hmm. him. Um this year made 28.1 cuz it was a free, you know, he signed his max his rookie max next season, 30.3, 23-24 32.6, 24-25 34.8 and he's also a free agent in the 25-26 season making 37 Point one million before he becomes a restricted free agent in twenty twenty six, where he'll be only thirty years old. Um, so it kind of feels like, you know, it's been all but just basically guaranteed that the Warriors are going into. I mean, the Warriors. Wow, sorry. The Jazz are going into a rebuild, so it seems like it's time that they're moving on from Donovan Mitchell. Um. And, look, this is what we wanted for him, right? We've been saying this all along. We all love Donovan Mitchell, but, like, we just want to see him go somewhere better. And, I'm not – you know, we can talk if you guys want about, like, different teams that you could see him playing for. But the idea of this conversation is more like your kind of takeaway from everything here, where the Jazz are. Because, look, we haven't even gone through the fact that Mike Conley is making, you know, what, $23 Um, It still has a few more years on his deal with Utah. You know, actually, he has – next year's last year of his deal. He'll make 24.3. So that's a lot of money. They're going to have to unload. Um, well, I kind of feel like one, they're going to get stuck with go bear.
0: I think one thing that people don't understand, if you look at some of the larger market teams um, and you think about the warriors right now, like what they're paying everybody and then the luxury tax that they're paying. All right. right? They're kind of like, we don't care about the luxury tax. We just want to win. So we'll pay this. We'll pay this extra money. You know, I don't know what their luxury tax is right now, but they're like, we're going to pay this so that we can win. And they're going to figure out a way to pay Jordan Poole next year. Uh, So, like, they're going to have all these guys making, you know, 25-plus mil a year, you know, with Draymond, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Poole. That's five guys that's probably going to amount to, I, I mean, $200 million. <laughs> that's a lot of money. Like, just an insane amount of money. So uh, some of these other teams don't have the ability to do that. So with that being said, you look at Utah's roster. And we said last year, Utah had a roster to compete. They were missing something. And then they get rid of Joe Ingles, right? And they're like, well, we're still well, he decent because – well, but they still traded him away. I mean, you know, they could have chalked up this season and said, hey, next year we're going to try to make another run. We'll we'll try to go get another player. You know, maybe they need a really good wing guy. True. Um, but they didn't. So they ship him out and he was a big piece of what they did. Um, mm-hmm. He hit big shots, you know? Um, and then they just didn't seem the same after that. And then like the, you know, you know how it is, man, when you don't have chemistry and the rift starts coming along and you start hearing about your two superstars, blah, 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 blah. Like that takes a toll on the rest of the team. And I think that took a toll on Quinn too. And Quinn's now like, I need to take some time off and reevaluate what's going on. So you got to have a strong minded person to be able to go in there and fix that. And if not, like you just got to blow it up and start over. Right. Yeah.
1: It's, um, I don't know. We've always talked about Utah, you know, and then you listen to the interview, you know, their owners are talking about, they don't want to rebuild. They want, you know, they want to try to keep the base that Quinn Snyder started and they want to keep it all the same there. uh, There's, there's no way. I, I don't think there's a way. That you can get Gobert and Mitchell to coexist, I, I I don't think that those two play well together. I don't think that they like each other personally. Um, um, I, I I think that there's some. I do think there's some uh, some riffs going on. Not not saying that people can't like each other and can't play together because it's has been happened. It's happened before. Um, but I you know it's almost like it's almost like Russell Westbrook like Donovan Mitchell is your most movable piece. Gobert is like Westbrook like I, I I don't see a whole lot of teams want to spend that kind of money on a guy that pretty much just plays defense he gives you no offensive no real offensive threat um you know so do you do you build on him? Do you trade Donovan Mitchell and bring in pieces? Do you trade Gobert and bring in pieces to go around Donovan Mitchell? Then who trades for Gobert? Who who wants Rudy Gobert? So I, I think they've painted themselves into a an, into a corner where they don't have a whole lot to move except for the guy they don't want to move, which is Mitchell. Because Mitchell obviously is going to be the star of the show. He's proven time and time again that he can take over games. He's a he's a big time player. He's their superstar. He's their franchise guy. But you also have a guy that's making 205 million, who is not an offensive threat, only plays defense, and you're spending that kind of money on him and you can't move him. I don't I mean, I'm I just I just don't see a big time team spending forty million dollars on Rudy Gobert. So, what, if you're the Jazz, what do you do? Like, you're, you're, you're kind of stuck. you got to – you had to hire somebody that's going to figure out a way to keep those two together and figure out a way for them to – so, the obvious answer is Phil Jackson. I mean, that, that, that's the – you know, Phil dealt with Shaq and Kobe. Phil de- – I'm just kidding. Phil Jackson. Utah. Mitchell. Yeah. Rudy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> He's not there. but but i mean they're kind of i mean they're kind of stuck right i mean that you know the one star they don't want to move which is mitchell and then you have one guy that they probably need to move but you can't because his price tag's too high so then what do you what do you do like what, what's what's the move and now on top of that now you have to find a coach that's going to be able to coach those two together uh seemingly for the next four
0: years because they're tied in contracts together so I'm going to give you a player comparison. You guys tell me what you think. Obviously, this is kind of funny that we're going to talk about this. I, can so, I ask
2: something real quick for you to do it? Yeah. Yes. Is it Zach Levine? Because I did the numbers yesterday, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize Levine was actually better than Mitchell this year.
0: No, I'm actually not even talking okay. about. That's, that's, that's a good comparison, but I'm not going that route. So, Rudy Gobert's career averages, 12.4, 11.7. Close to three blocks. That's his career. Mm-hmm. This other player, obviously, it tailed off towards the end.
1: Dwight 12. Howard. 12.5. 12.5
0: 12. 12. 5 rebounds. Three and a half blocks. Dwight Howard? No, Dwight averages more than that. And it's someone that we talked about already. Are
2: you going to say... No. Hakeem? Oh, oh, oh Matumba,
0: okay. Matumbo. So, think about that for a second. Hold on, but what
1: can you can you see Matumbo's peak years? What was he? What was his
0: offensive average? Th- those are and actually his... Matumbo's. Those are Matumbo's peak years. That's what I actually did. Matumbo's peak. Oh, year, not so his it's whole twelve career. and twelve. So Rudy's in his peak still. That's why I did Matumbo in his peak. Like this is when he was with Denver okay. and with Atlanta. Okay, so, I got you. I got you. Both of them. What three time defensive player of the year? Um, that's the only player I could think of in my head that 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 did what Gobert does now. Um, wasn't very good offensively. Uh, Gobert's not very good offensively. But I feel like um, Mutombo was a bigger presence on defense than what Gobert is. I know Gobert gets all this praise about playoffs. defensively. Per- <laughs> so my point is, is that, if we were to try to do the average of salary, like what Mutombo would make now versus what he made then, if he was playing in the league, are we saying that, Uh, are we saying Gobert is as good as Mutombo was in his prime? Or can Mutombo be as good as what Gobert is now? Or are they just a wash? Because hmm. I feel like when Mutombo was playing back in the day, like people were scared to go into the basket because Mutombo was standing there. I know the rules changed a little bit and it opened up the game, but I'm like, I don't put those two on the same line as like impact players that what they what their impact was to the game itself. So for Gobert to be making you know thirty five million dollars a year or whatever it is like is blasphemous to me in my Stephen A. Smith voice. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you got to move, move on from that. Yeah, I, I want to
1: hear what you, you you said. You had some Zach Levine numbers,
0: so.
2: I, I yeah, yesterday when like all this stuff came out, and I was like, "Hmm, could the Bulls? If this is all like all these people are trying to port paint the smoke that uh, you know, Levine may want to leave Chicago, <clears throat> LeVar Ball." Um, which first off, if Zach Levine doesn't want to play second fiddle, he's the best actor in the world. He should be doing movies with The Rock, because right, the way that he like showed himself this year did not say that at all. I I thoroughly don't believe it. But there's been a lot of talks about different teams you know, viewing him. So, like, maybe if this is something where, like, maybe, you know, Utah, Levine, middle sign-in trade was possible. So, I went and looked into see, like, what happens there. And, yeah, like, Zach Levine was a better shooter, a better scorer than Donovan Mitchell this year, um, surprisingly. And so, pretty close. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're very, very, We're, very right, close. Right, right.
1: No, no, no. But, yeah, I get it.
2: But, yeah, like, Levine was a better player. Um, so, the Bulls would be losing, like, a point or two per possession if they made that move. Yeah. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in hindsight of basketball an NBA, yeah, like that's a lot. Um, yeah. So I was actually going to bring this up because Andy Bailey from Bleach Report wrote this article today about potential landing spots for Mitchell. And what, I want to kind of hear what you guys thought might be the best trade after I, after I read them. And Ben, yes, there's a Pacers one in there. So you can't automatically say yes. that one. You have to hear the trades first. Yes. All right. So the Knicks. <laughs> Mitchell for RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, in the 2024 first rounder.
0: Yes. Damn, Utah. Take that, Utah. Yeah. That's, Miami, that's
2: which I feel like Ooh. this is going to happen. Ooh. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Omer Yurt 7, the 2022 and 2023 first rounders. So you still get Lowry, still have Bam. You get is, M- is, Butler, is Mitchell you worth get Mitchell. that much? Um, I don't know if it's the fact that Mitchell's worth that much, but You're looking at, if you make that happen, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Donovan Mitchell, and Bam Adebayo all on the same team.
1: Yeah, that's pretty sick. That
2: is worth that much. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's pretty sick.
2: I mean, yeah, I think the Brooklyn Nets, we saw what that was like with no bench. There's still more. There's a few more. Okay. So Atlanta, this is a no for me, obviously um john collins deandre Hunter, 22 first rounder 24 first rounder for mitchell so you have mitchell and trey young and nothing else
1: yeah no i wouldn't do that yeah
2: don't like that one but they said the dark horse here is the indiana pacers malcolm Mm. brogdon buddy healed this year's first rounder next year's first rounder and a pick swap in the 2024 first rounder for Mitchell and Royce O'Neal. So you're looking at a team at that point with still having Miles Turner. Uh um, yeah. you you get Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. You still have um Wow, I just went blank on his name. Uh the guy the guy from the Kings this year in the Sabonis trade. Duh. Um
0: you guys aren't helping. Oh. Me Hold on, I'm trying to think. I thought Buddy Hill came <laughs> over in the Sabonis trade. He did, but
2: who the hell was the guy who got in that trade? Halliburton. Thank you. Halliburton. Halliburton.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you
2: have Halliburton, Mitchell, and Miles Turner. Like, okay, I can see that. Um, I think the Miami trade makes the most sense. I think the Miami trade will likely happen. I don't know if it will be that exact trade itself, but I I have this really strong feeling Donovan Mitchell will be playing for the Heat, and it will be awesome.
0: So, listen, you guys know I'm a Louisville guy. I knew Donovan Mitchell was special when he was at Louisville. I knew that he was going to be okay in the league. I didn't know he was going to be this. But th- those trade those trade scenarios sound like you're giving up an awful lot. I know he's young, but that just sounds like like he's not in that upper echelon of guys to me. Like I would, as much as it pains me to say this, I would definitely take Zach Levine over Donovan Mitchell. One. I think Levine is a better player. He's he's taller. He's longer. He's more explosive. Um, Like to give that much up for him, like that's crazy. I just, I don't know, man. That's like, yeah, Miami has the probably arguably the best starting five in basketball. But then, like, you would you would literally be going back to when LeBron James was there and you had no bench whatsoever. And you're playing those five. Uh oh.
2: Vooch and Troy Brown for Donovan Mitchell. If you guys want to rebuild, let's rebuild. <laughs> Bring them in, baby. Zach Levine, DeMar, Alonzo, and Mitchell. Who plays the big defense? Who gives a shit? That team's scoring. Back.
0: Man, that team would just be running all over the place.
2: <laughs> it be like all Billy Donovan would need is like a Joe Noah type like he had a Florida with like Corey Brewer and all those guys and just be like, just yeah, here, roll out the basketball. Just, why not just –
0: why not just try to bring Joakim Noah back? I mean, <laughs> just run everybody out. Jersey of in the
2: rafters. Come on. <laughs> I was like, hmm. had to try it. Well, yeah, cause there's this talk oh, yeah. now, I guess the Blazers are trying to get Beal and Levine. And I'm like, well, Phil Knight's not buying you guys. So that's not happening.
1: Yeah. you're Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. <sighs>
2: but Josh, I see what you're saying. Um, the thing though about the Heat is their player development, as far as like building a bench, is pretty impressive. I mean, Max Strus this year, we saw what he did for that team. Yeah. Like, he like, I saw him at DePaul, Paul, and I thought he was pretty good. But um, they have a way of finding guys in free agency and like in the draft and like you know camps and undrafted free agents. So like, getting those guys and developing a bench may take a year.
0: Do you think? But I um... I think
2: that's pretty safe.
0: Do you think Pat Riley has enough up his sleeve to be able to figure out how to keep Tyler Hero in that deal and get rid of Victor Oladipo, like signing, sign him and get rid of him?
2: I mean, yeah, but why would Utah do that?
1: Yeah, Utah wouldn't. They wouldn't want Victor Oladipo. They definitely want Tyler Hero.
2: You would definitely think that. I mean, obviously, Miami, if they can keep Tyler Hero and get Donovan Mitchell, they will. Um, It's just you know, like I think that. There's no way this deal gets done if Tyler Hero not involved. Um, right. And who knows? Tyler Hero might like it. He might get the start. He's gonna get all the shots. Yep. Um. So, I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. Also, it's like who's there gonna be their coach? It's gonna be really interesting. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Um, we'll go to the last topic here real quick. So, Darvin Ham was introduced today as the Lakers head coach. And had a really good presser. Um, Talked a lot about buying in on defense, which is much easier said than done with this team as we saw last year. Um, You know, talked about like him and Westbrook have had conversations already as far as like building, you know, together and kind of making next year work because they don't have a choice. Um, (laughs) What really, you know, we find out today Rashid Wallace has been hired to be on his staff, bringing the old Piston guys that beat that Oh four Lakers together. Um, but here's the thing that jumped out at me the most in all of his quotes and conversations. I thought, I thought the quotes were great. I think you can tell, like, he's really excited. Um, he was asked if he feels pressure for taking over the Lakers job. And his quote was, I was accidentally shot in the face. I think he said in 1988. I don't really worry about pressure of coaching. He's like, it's just basketball. So I didn't know that he, you know. Got shot in the face one day and was like all right we're cool.
1: i definitely yeah. didn't know that
2: yeah um but and we we talked about this on text we obviously don't know the kind of head coach he's going to be but i feel like it says something this guy was in interviews for years everyone came out and spoken to benefit him and say like he deserves a chance and i certainly think he deserves a chance i think it's exciting he's getting this job um but you know we obviously don't know what he's going to. As far as his press conference, I thought he hit the nail on the head. I thought everything he said was good. You know, talking about Anthony Davis is healthy. We know who he is. Uh, we got to get our big three to buy in. You know, and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's an uphill battle for them. We obviously know this with how that roster's put together right now. Uh, they don't have any money. They don't have any draft picks. They're not going to attach draft picks to move Russ, which honestly, I'm glad. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I thought he did a good presser, and I'm excited to see how this works out for him.
0: What is it that you like about him, Tim, being the coach for the Lakers?
2: I think just a fresh voice. And I think really, you know, this maybe is like less about him than what what, what he was going against. Um, So Kenny Atkinson, who I really like, I think is a really good coach. It sounds like he might be getting the Charlotte job, actually, and bringing Mm -hmm. Mike D'Antoni on staff. Um, You know, we saw him fall flat in Brooklyn. Um, Terry Stotts had really talented Portland teams. And I like Terry Stotts. I think Terry Stotts is a good coach. Could never seal the deal and get the job done. Granted, mm-hmm. he played in a Western Conference with the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. You know, Darvin Ham was just on the staff for an NBA championship team. Um, Giannis talked a lot about how he made him a better player and developed him, which, you know, Giannis ended up being a two-time MVP, NBA Finals MVP. Um, I think the upside is what really I really like about him. I think it's going to be a bumpy road, I think it's going to take him a while to get it together. But as far as, like, you know, we've already seen what those other guys' ceilings are, and it doesn't look like they're NBA champion coaches. There's nothing yet that tells us Darvin Ham is not.
0: Yeah. So he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was an assistant coach on the Lakers staff back when Kobe played, right? He played with Kobe also. He he played with Kobe, and I want to say he was an assistant coach, like, early, like, in the early, like, 2000... I don't know, whatever year they got beat by the Spurs. So when they got swept by the Spurs, so like 2012 or 2011, somewhere around there. So it seems like he, he, he must have a little bit of tie into the organization, you know, playing there, coaching there. Um, Obviously, you know, he, he probably did a lot for that Milwaukee staff. I mean, he was on the staff that won a ring. So Mm -hmm. um, obviously it helps when you're on a, when you're on a championship caliber coaching staff, right? Uh, but we, when you go back and look at the Lakers coaching staff from last year, I mean, you guys know how I felt about Jason Kidd. I actually thought Jason Kidd could have ran that team and been a phenomenal coach for the Lakers, but he didn't get that opportunity. He went to Dallas, and you saw what he did there. I mean, he got them further than anybody else could up to this point, and I think he unlocked some different potential with Luka. Um, and you look at uh, yeah, they got them the Dakota, partners. you look at Boston's coach mm-hmm. right now, who I didn't really know anything about him other than he came under Pop, right? So you just assumed that he was going to be good just based off of the coaching tree that, that that's been. So it seems like a lot of these these coaches that are younger uh, that are getting like first-time opportunities seem to be taking the league over a little bit. Kind of like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Josh, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you and Tim both. Um, I think I think it's it's fitting that a guy who's already been involved with a championship caliber team, um, he's been at, around an MVP, uh, a guy that's that's works as hard as Giannis does, um, and, and to see you know how hard those guys played for the Bucs as far as defensively, and I'm sure he had something to do with that. Uh, also, too, I mean the guy is a league veteran; he's been around the NBA uh, for a long time. So I, I think Tim, you said it put it best. It's a fresh perspective, like it's just a different view um, than going with just the regular old guard uh, of you know uh, Terry Stotts or whoever else. What other old coaches may have applied? Mark Jackson, you know, um,
0: it's Thank just God a different view. Jackson.
1: It's a, <laughs> it's just a different view and a different feel. You know what I mean? Like um, I, I think that I'm not saying that all former players are great coaches. But I do think NBA guys respect former players. So you know, guys that have been in the league, guys that have battled, guys that have have, have been through the battles of playing an NBA season and, and they're able to um, able to relate to what those NBA guys are going through. So um, I do think that he has that to his advantage. Um, you know, the Rashid Wallace uh, hiring was was interesting to me. <laughs> um, just for the, you know, just for the simple fact, like, you know, that's part
2: Hardaway broke the news.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and too, I mean, you remember this is the same Rasheed Wallace that said that LeBron couldn't play in his era. So, I mean, like you, you, there's some, you know, I mean, there's some, there's a little bit of history there. So, um, it's an interesting hire. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but, um, I agree with both you all, the fresh perspective from Darvin Ham. Um, and the ability be, to be able to bring different championship views, um, from just coming off a championship with Milwaukee. Um, I, I think that the, all those things will kind of will come together and hopefully, um, you know, put the Lakers back in, on the right track. You know, it couldn't be any worse, you know what I mean? Couldn't be any worse. No, it could not. Yeah, um, well. I mean, in Tim's case, if they'd have hired Mark Jackson, it could have been worse.
2: Right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you what You wasn't feeling, feeling Mark Jackson? Mama, there goes that man. Well, I think you got, like, think about it. Like, think about how fast Ty Lue got wrote off. You know, when yeah. he first became the coach, they were like, why are sure. we picking him to be the coach of the, of the Cavs? And yep. he's like, don't worry about it. I'm just going to bring y'all a chip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know I got LeBron, but at the same time, um, you know, like you said, like he's a guy that former player wasn't the best yeah. player. He was a decent player. It's almost like a lot of these guys, like they're students of the game. Like um Ime, Ime played, right? He played. Yeah. uh I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. Darvin Ham played. He wasn't a, a superstar. I mean, I mean, they just showed a picture the other day of him guarding LeBron. You know, yeah. when LeBron first came That's into the league. But I don't think people realize some of the um, some of the networking that these guys do. Like Ime was a coach on the on the USA basketball team. You know, mm-hmm. he coached Tatum and, and Brown and Smart before he even got there. Um, which also leads me to believe like is Brad Stevens a better in the front office than he was a coach? You know, was he, yeah. was he put in the right, my was team. he put in the right position? Because yeah. it's funny. Like he takes, he takes over that position. They get a new coach and all of a sudden they're in the finals that fast with almost Crazy. basically the same roster. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: Here's my other question though. So Sean's not here to back this up, but Sean said, that he probably did this knowing the thought process was that the Lakers will try to move Russell Westbrook. I'm not trying to kind of be that guy who like starts like some, like who tries, I'm obviously not starting anything, obviously, but like reads like the trade rumors and goes, Oh, should we do this? Mm -hmm. But you know, it's going to come up. Obviously there's this talk about the fact that Brooklyn has said that they're quote unquote, not willing to offer Kyrie Irving an extension.
0: Does it happen? Are we talking about hypotheticals?
2: Hypotheticals. Bill Simmons talked about it on his pod this week. And you know how hard it is for me to give that guy credit. But he discussed the idea of a Nets-Lakers-Thunder three-way trade. And let's see. He says, if I'm OKC, I'll take Westbrook's money for a year. Give me some first. Oh, I get the Lakers first in 2027. Um, And then discuss the idea that Kyrie Irving goes to Los Angeles as the Lakers point guard reuniting with LeBron James and in playing with Anthony Davis. We all know how I feel about Kyrie Irving. Um, I obviously haven't been shy about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, at least Russell Westbrook plays every game. You know, that's the one thing where I go, eh, I don't know. Um, You can Mm -hmm. say what you will about his indecisiveness and terrible decision making. He has the best ability, which is availability. And we've seen Irving struggle with that, whether it's for injury purposes, vaccination preferences, um, you know, just whatever. So, you know, sabbaticals. So I was going to ask you guys to end the show, where does Kyrie Irving play next year? Because it feels like the Nets are going to try to move him. Um, This almost feels like it's Mm. too good to not happen, doesn't it? It's
0: funny you said that because I just was reading, I was reading a rumor about, a deal him for Paul George?
2: That mathematically, I think someone defunct that because I saw the same thing. Um, and Keith Smith, who like is on Twitter, he's like knows all about the NBA salary cap, said it's legally not possible for that well, trade to happen.
0: The 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 comeback to that was why not just trade him for Kawhi because neither one of them plays, so it'd be an even deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you have Um, Kawhi
2: and Ben Simmons on the same team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, I I will tell you this: I don't care if Kyrie's there or not. You guys know how the Nets are going to be super scary if they get Ben Simmons on the floor. I don't care if he if he can't shoot. I don't. I'm like, they're going to be better defensively, and I think they already have the pieces. They already have the pieces to win it all. They'll get Joe Harris back. Like they're they're fine. They just got to play. They they don't need a bench. They're going to be <laughs> like the Miami you Heat just, just going to have You literally a, just talked really, about the Miami Heat. <laughs> no, they're going to be like the Miami Heat just a really good starting five with no bench. <laughs> this is um Kentucky, man it
2: doesn't work there.
1: Do we do we think Kyrie will be in net? Um
2: I don't. I really don't. Um I don't know where he goes. Um you know, the Lakers thing sounds like a little more possible than i thought it would like two weeks ago yeah um but truthfully i hate i can't believe i think i'd rather have russell westbrook than kyrie irving because at least i know he'll be on the floor
0: i thought you trading for ice tray that's what i'm talking about trey young and kd
1: (laughs)
2: straight straight ice
1: (laughs) what office you're on isolation
2: like out of what isolation isolation what do you mean yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, out of
1: what? what? Yeah. <laughs> kind of silly question is that?
2: Is there uh, a Don Mitchell Lakers potential? Uh if you're I Utah and you're rebuilding, why not just take the Westbrook money for a year?
1: Yeah. yeah you can it'll sit be off the books in the year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Bum 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 bum.
0: All right. So this... if we if we all have to make a decision, what are we saying? Let's go ahead. Let's just let's just throw one out there. What we think is going to happen, Ben? I mean, you've already I, you already you already called the the Warriors in the finals back in the summertime. So yes, yeah, yeah. Miss yeah Cleo, I, the I, NBA here. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I I I do
1: agree with Tim. I don't think he'll be a net. Um, the You put that Lakers thing out there, man. That sounds really enticing. I mean, that sounds like something that that Kyrie and LeBron's egos would be set aside in order for them to have a chance to win a championship. And putting Kyrie in that lineup gives them that opportunity. Say what you want about Kyrie. I mean, the guy's a gifted basketball player. Um, He can score the basketball. You only get him for 45 games. But in those 45 games, he's going to give you everything he's got. So um that, that's intriguing, man. I, I could see him being a Laker for sure.
0: I could too. I'm saying I'm, I'm, not- I'm still saying that he goes to the Clippers. I don't, I know, what package- I don't know what finish that package What would say. Finish
2: your finish your comment, Josh, but I got a dark horse for both of you.
0: you going to tell us the Houston Rockets, man. No, I'm I'm better than that. I I wanna say Dallas. I really wanted to say Dallas because that's kind of the I thought about that the the trade like originally when it was like Porzingis may go to New Jersey, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. But I'm going clippers. Ben says Mm -hmm. Lakers, I'm going clippers. To live and die in LA, as my boy Pac would say.
2: All right. I'm gonna get all dramatic with how I lead up to this one. What Mm -hmm. team do we know? that already has one too many big men, including one who just recently took on a bench role this last season, where he played one of his best seasons in years.
1: Cleveland Cavaliers. What back
2: did the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers though. have?
0: That doesn't.
1: The Cleveland
2: Cavaliers also have one Colin Sexton, who is a restrictive free agent this year.
0: How do you, you think that would Kyrie, work with Kyrie oh. and Garland in the back, in the backcourt together?
2: Kyrie already has started to play the two with James Harden. Darius Garland is the future of the Cavs. So, Kevin Love, Colin Sexton for Kyrie Irving. The money adds up. You get Darius Garland, Kyrie Irving. You get um, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. This is also probably a sneaky OG Ananobi team cuz I feel like the Cavs are going to work really hard to move on from Isaac get o-
1: he- Yeah, get OG.
2: Yeah. So the Cavs yeah. are going to make a splash. And they're going to
0: get and D-Wade.
2: Yeah, like the Cavs are going to make a splash this offseason. They're going to make a move. They saw how close they were. They know they have their future star. Um they're going to make a splash. They're going to make- get a guy. I don't know if it's going to be Kyrie Irving. I thought that was more just kind of fun because it felt like everyone's going to see the Lakers or the Clippers. Um but wow. I think Ochi and obi the Cavaliers makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. Wow. Man, that would feel be like that would Nets, be huge.
0: If I feel like the Nets are gonna do think about it, if they can get if they can get in return what they got for James Harden somehow with a trade, I mean that's gonna make the Nets like super, super scary. If they can add players that can contribute right away. I mean, because think about it. Joe Harris, Steph, Steph Curry could move into the, and start at the two guard, which is fine. Or Joe Harris could start at the two guard. And the other one comes off the bench. Ben Simmons at your point. You got a wing and Durant. You got big guy in Drummond. You, if you make that trade, you got another big guy in love that can come off the bench. I mean, that makes that a pretty dangerous team. Because now you have a bench, Tim. If you add players, you do have I a mean, bench. Yeah the idea of it right you
2: i mean you know the sixers just had a series where they were playing deandre jordan so you know there's that <laughs>
1: um, very true <laughs> yeah
2: i don't know man i think there's gonna be like this is gonna be a boring free agency because like everyone signed max deals that was supposed to be available this year um but there's gonna be some trades that are gonna really make some like make some noise, like. Would you be shocked if the Bucks moved off from Chris Middleton? No. Would you be shocked? Not at all. I mean, it sounds like there's some smoke about OG. I can't imagine if they're picking between Pascal and OG that they're not they're not they're not gonna keep Pascal. Um, yeah. you know, what does what happens with the Knicks? Like, how do they get off the Kemba Walker contract? Um the mm-hmm. San Antonio make a push with all their young guys. What happens with Zach Levine? Like it's going to be unique. Uh, it's certainly going to be interesting. So um, I think Kyrie is going to be another piece of the puzzle. Um, I, I, It makes a ton of sense if he ends up a Laker. I don't love it um, because I don't like him much, obviously. Um, I respect that he stands his own ground, but there's a lot of Kyrie things I don't like.
0: So here's um, my here's my trade offer. All right. I'm, I'm going you in, already I'm done going the money? your wheelhouse. Um, Have you done the money? Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Brandon Boston Jr., um, Morris for Kyrie Irving.
2: Does the money make sense? I think so. So here's my only thing about that. I don't think it's a bad deal. You get your super, you get your super three in, with the Clippers, and you have and you have that experience with Ty Lue and Kyrie Irving playing together. Which Ty Lue was never the issue. Um, you know, obviously with that, with the Kyrie's issues were in Cleveland.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sure, that part makes a ton of sense. But you already have one guy who doesn't play a lot of games, like didn't play a game at all this year. You have one guy who's already hurt a lot. So, are you as the Clippers taking that chance to take on three injury-prone players, knowing that it is total boomer bust? Yeah, that's the only thing I have against it. Other than that, like if it's like, hey, I get all these guys for at least sixty six games in a heartbeat. Yeah, I just. Well, I'll we'll, be,
1: we'll be excited when he's a Nick next year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I guess he can't go to Toronto, right? He can't get traded to Raptors. No, Toronto he because... can't. He can't go to yeah right. because
1: because of, of his yeah. shot issues.
2: Right. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. And I feel like we're going to do a lot of like breaking news trades, the podcast this, this summer.
1: Absolutely.
2: But we got to get through a finals first. Um, So with that being said, uh, unless you guys have anything else to throw in, we can go and wrap this up.
1: So yeah. Yeah. That's good, brother.
2: All right. Well, thanks for getting together guys on short notice. I greatly appreciate it. If you want to support our brand, which please do. 48minutesbasketballnetwork.merchmake.com. Get yourself some swag.
1: So Get some merch, baby. Yeah. So we're constantly adding, merch. We're constantly
2: <laughs> adding to the store with different stuff, so you can go there and support the brand. Obviously, if you are listening to us on one of your podcast places of choice, please take a moment to give us a nice solid five-star review if you have not already. And uh, keep an eye out for more things coming with the 40 ms Pass Network. On behalf of Josh and Ben, I am Tim Daniel. Everyone have a great
1: night,
0: and we'll talk soon.
1: See you.